0: To have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560 The Answer.
2: Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Thank you.
3: Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and Right on AM 560 the answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Uh, I'm in studio alone, all along. Well, I, I guess I got I got my buddy Doug on the boards in here, uh, right, Dougie? I'm here today, I'll, I'll actually
0: talk on the mic occasionally just so you don't get lonely.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Dougie Fresh. <laughs> I gotta give everybody a nickname, right? Um, but um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm excited to have my good friend David Brooks. Uh, you know, although he's at home, probably you know with his feet kicked up. Uh, oh wait, no, he's not at home. He actually, he's 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 out out and about. But uh, David Brooks, welcome to Black and Right, And um, it's an honor to have you back on as a guest co-host.
4: John Anthony, how are you, my friend?
3: I'm doing well. You 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 you
4: you taking care of yourself out there?
3: I am, John.
4: I'm actually in Pittsburgh uh, in an, in a uh, an empty condo. Oh. Um, I figured if I was going to be locked down somewhere, I might as well be Pennsylvania. So I'm having. Some contractors come through and get some things done. Oh, there Uh, you go. I love that. I love that uh, clip you opened up with
3: Ronald
4: Reagan. Yeah. Let's talk about that.
3: that. I mean, why is that? I mean, I thought it was really important to talk about, I mean, to to lead with that clip, because I really don't, because you hear a lot of the conversation about what's happening with coronavirus. You have some people out there who are saying, you know, we probably shouldn't be having this conversation about our, our rights you know, given to us that we're born with and that the Constitution Mm. just says, um, here's a stamp of approval on the rights that you were born with. And there are so many people that say we probably shouldn't be having this conversation, but I'm of the belief that we can do both. I'm of the belief that we can protect the people of America and also make sure that we are adhering to the Constitution. Am I right or am I wrong, David? No, I
4: think you are totally right. I mean, the one line that really caught my ear, uh, that we can determine our own destiny. Now, I understand we're doing some things here because of Corona, but I like the fact that we, the people, are still determining our own destiny. And I'm not so ready to just give it up to anybody that is going to tell me to restrict uh, my, my movement here or what I'm going to do there. So we're going to get through this. Yes. I feel really good, but like Reagan said, we're just one generation away one, one, just from giving up our freedom. You. And that's, that bothers me.
3: So did, did you read the uh, Daniel Horitz piece that I sent over to you? What were your thoughts about the Daniel Horowitz piece? Uh, I, I believe did. it was Conservative it, Review that that where he um, it was
4: Conservative Review. Yeah, I did look at it, and and he is spot on as usual. I like I like the guy's writing; he's pretty sharp. Um, but we are in the People's Republic of Illinois. Um, I, I like the fact that he has identified that governors have begun to step up and get a little bit too. Um, Uh, heavy-handed against yes against not only against president trump but also just shutting down and telling us to shelter in place and um all of these things that they they're restricting our freedoms right and they're taking advantage of this crisis
3: and i'm i'm just a little bothered by that we're gonna get through this i I believe you or which is exactly correct but you know you know I mean let's play let me play devil's advocate right because you hear a lot of people saying, "Though you just want, oh, you want granny to die? No, nobody wants the, the, oh. anybody to die. I mean, I mean, I mean to, to, to push that out as an argument, I don't know anybody that wants anybody to die. But I also understand the, the who we are as a nation. I understand the Patrick Henry's of the world. Where is our modern day Patrick Henry of the world? You know, th- mm. that says, you know what? OK, you know what, America? Yes, you can have what you want. But guess what? You're not going to trample on my rights. I will not allow it to happen. And, and here's, here's one of the reasons why I'm so afraid of it. We are dealing with a new breed of politician who doesn't care. They will trample upon your rights. They can care less. We have people in this country that don't want us to have the Second Amendment. We have people in this country that don't want us to have the Fourth Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. You go all down the line line. This is my fear to mm. what's happening to our country. We can do both. Right?
4: I, 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 we can do both. And, and the left, they're masters at, at crafting and controlling the language. Uh, you bring up a good point. They're always taking it to the nth degree. Of course, we don't want people to die. But they make that point in order to try to make a point themselves. The old straw man argument. But here, here's my thing with Horowitz's point. You know, he says that legislatures, state legislatures, need to step up when these governors get out of control and start to control a little bit too much of our lives, take away a little bit too many, uh, too many uh, of our freedoms. Um, he's right, but we're, we're in Illinois. Who, who is going to stand up to JB? The guy's got a veto proof majority.
3: True. Well, I mean, if, I don't know if you've seen the. Uh, uh, I don't know. If, I think they call themselves the Eastern Bloc. Uh, the Brad Halbrooks, Halbrooks of the world. Um, okay. Um, Alan Skillicorn, they've all come out and they've been they've been brutally beat down because they choose to have a different uh, belief or opinion of how we should have done this. I mean, it, look, mm. the shaming of people because they want to look at this differently. I mean, um, Kevin and I, we dealt with the numbers on last week with my good friend Steve Phillips, and we'll do that a little later, little later in the show as well. But, I mean, when you look at how, what's happening, when you look at the recovery rate and all that, you know, something, something's off. Something's off, and when Alan Skillingcorn and all the all what they're asking from the the governor is give us all of the data that you have. Stop just you know putting out certain things, certain pieces of the data, and and that we don't have because you when you think about it, the legislators should the legislators should they they should be convening to figure out. You know what, Pritzker, you want these powers? Let's, let's debate it. Let's get out there and have an open debate on should you have these powers and, and Lori Lightfoot to shut down parks that my, our taxpaying dollars are paying for. Should you have the power to just unilaterally make these decisions and shut down and cut down everything? I mean, wh- where does that power come from?
4: Uh, unfortunately, we are a little bit too quiet. We the people. Um, you know what? Here, here's the thing, John. We could, we could march on Springfield. Um, but, but would they listen? I think the Democrats have run this state for so long, they, they have a, they just have a deaf ear and they're going to push and push and push until we push back.
3: You, you know, I love Dan, Daniel Horse. He says here, uh, it's time for patriots to flood their state legislators with calls and demand that they reconvene and deal with some of the liberty issues, crime and logistical and fiscal issues inherent in this crisis. It's time to return to self-government. And listen to what he says. Listen to these points. I think they're good points. He says it's time that we, um, uh, they must push the, following, the legislation upon, along the following lines. Require that any violation of the Constitution under the guise of stemming an epidemic expire after seven days. In order to renew it, the governor would need to submit clear findings to the legislator and publicize them online, articulating why this is the least restrictive means necessary to achieve a goal. Address the parameters of why some functions are deemed essential and weigh them against the public safety concerns. No top level state official may get paid until the severe lockdown orders are rescinded. I guarantee you'll get some stuff moving in. Mm. Stop the unaccountable release of criminals within the within the home rule parameters of state laws. Reign in the edicts of some cities that are taking these measures too far. There must be a rigorous debate about the underlying data driven specific strategies and whether they are really prudent. Is there anything wrong with that?
4: there's nothing wrong with that Joe. Nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and, and these things are happening as Horowitz also says without due process. I mean, exactly. They're sitting in their state houses, their city halls and they're saying that we can't leave, but they're not telling us why they're not telling us when, how long or the proof that they have that staying home is going to mitigate right. anything. It's just, we're, we're, we're knuckling under, Yes. And it's it's a little bothersome.
3: Yes, and you know I'm I'm really excited about the, our next guest that we're going to be um, talking to, um, Adam Ngievsky, who um oh, awesome. 2010 gubernatorial candidate and founder of um, Open the Books. Uh, he joins us next, and I think uh, to talk about you know what we some have called the stimulus bill, the CARE Act, whatever you want to call it, uh, but he's going to be joining us, and I'm I'm really excited. Um, uh, I read his Forbes article on it, and it's got a lot of shares, and a lot of people are are, are listening into what he's trying to say. You know, because a lot of the stuff that's in there was a lot of pork, so it's going to Adam, be Adam rocks. I he, can't wait. He, he really rocks. He rocks. He rocks. He rocks. But uh, that's the first segment, David. I told you this. I told you. I really believe this show. This show would move quick. So hey, it's going to blow by. But while you why are you on while we on break, this is what I need you to do. I need you to go to the Facebook page, Black and White right Radio, like it, share it, start watch parties. We'll be right back with Adam Ngielski. Open the books. <music>
0: Black and Right continues on AM 560. Once again, here's John Anthony.
3: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me by phone is my guest co-host today, David Brooks. David, you know, uh do you miss your time being a precinct, committee? I mean, well, a committee man. Do you miss your time being a committeeman, David? I, I did not
4: mention that, no. Yeah, you, um, do you miss it? <laughs> well, do I? Yes, I do. I mean, depending on who I'm talking to, uh, you know, it was, a sh- it was a short stint as the rich township committeeman, um, and I enjoyed it, yeah. learned a lot, but yeah. a couple things happened in my life and had to uh, step aside. So I, w- I will serve in another role, in uh, you, you, another way. You can't
3: sit out on the sidelines, but, you know, yeah, I I, 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 I I'm really excited about the next guest. I have been a fan of his. I forget the name of the Polish leader that came to Chicago and did um, a speech for him. And I saw that, I was there at that speech, and I said to myself, oh my God, this guy has to be the next governor of the state of Illinois. Mm. Um, And I said to myself, so when I found out who he was, I I made a couple calls for him, you know, while he was running for office back in 2010. Um, But his greatest work has been what he's done with an organization called Open the Books. The founder, and hopefully, so one day soon, next gubernatorial candidate Adam Angievsky. Hey, welcome to Black and Right, buddy. Hey, John.
5: Well, you're getting rumors started. I'm not <laughs> on the <property. laughs> Hey, that's what that's I do for here.
3: Sure, I give nicknames and start rumors. How about that?
5: <laughs> hey, that's great. That's great. No, <laughs> hey, back in 2010, uh, I appreciate your support. Many other good people across Illinois supported our campaign. We ran on ideas. Uh, You know, the idea is we're every dime online in real time, aggressive financial transparency coupled up with forensic audits, deep evidentiary follow the money hold up in court, you know, uh, we 've carried that mission forward uh, outside of elected office writ yeah. large on a national basis and we 've had a lot of impact
3: you have and you know before we get started with the questioning and all that i uh, before uh, I came in, I saw that a good friend of yours and and you know somebody that was really um, supportive of you, Senator Tom Car- Coburn, had passed away. you want to offer thoughts for that to that
5: it 's a tough day for us at openthebooks dot com uh, you know now uh, Senator Coburn belongs to the ages yes. he was you know, my good friend, mentor, he's the honorary chairman of OpenTheBooks.com. Uh, le- you know, early this morning, about 3.30 in the morning in Oklahoma, uh, Dr. Coburn did pass away. Uh, he was a true giant. In uh, 2013, he, w- he made the Time 100, the 100 most influential persons in the world list. Um, and he had such bipartisan cross-party following that then-President Barack Obama wrote his 250-word write-up yeah. for Time Magazine, um, you know, in honor of that award, yes. uh, he was a true giant. You know, he one was. of the great leaders in our nation's history. And uh, Dr. Coburn, rest in peace.
3: Yes, he's going to be missed. So, mm. so, so, Adam, you you had an article in Forbes magazine, in Forbes the other day. I thought it was a very interesting article. It was it was before the the, the House passed their their version of the CARE Act, the um, the Coronavirus Stimulus Act. Um, in that bill, it had a lot of different diff, um, port. What 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 became of what you wrote about? You know, with the twenty-five million and the and the uh, all this money. What became of it with the House version? Did they pass it? Did they take away any of that? Why don't you explain that to our listeners who are listening?
5: So I'm a senior policy contributor at Forbes, and right away, you know, we stayed up all night. We worked early in the morning, and we came out with a piece at Forbes that gave oversight to the coronavirus stimulus bill as passed by the Senate. Here's what we did, John. We compared that Senate Republican Mitch McConnell bill, and by the way, it passed on a bipartisan basis. Nobody voted against it. It was 96 to nothing, so all the Democrats came through on it. We compared that Senate Republican bill to the Nancy Pelosi House bill that she had come out with a couple of days before, and what we found was, that the Senate Republican bill did scale back marginally some of the pork in Nancy Pelosi's bill. Um, but I mean, 250 you know, pages, wasn't 250 that pages striking.
3: and 250 pages. To, wasn't
5: that striking. Yeah.
3: And then there was a difference of page oh. numbers too, right? 250 version that uh, Senator McConnell came and then the uh, 883 page bill that Nancy Pelosi unleashed. Right. So
5: let's walk kind of through the timeline. So by the, uh, you know, the
3: previous week, Mitch McConnell came out with a
5: coronavirus stimulus bill that was narrow. It was 250 pages, and it was focused on uh, true stimulus. Uh, Nancy Pelosi then, about three days, about two days before um, the actual vote on the bill, she came out with her own version. It was 1,500 pages. It was 2.5 trillion dollars. Wow. What they compromised on was nearly right in the middle right between McConnell's 250-page bill and Nancy Pelosi's 1,500-page bill, they passed a 2.2 trillion 900-page bill.
4: Wow. David, wow. go ahead, David. Wow. Um, Andy, David Brooks, um, I'm a big fan. Your, your optimism is infectious. You know, doing what you do, identifying waste, fraud, and abuse, I want to know what your secret is later on to your optimism. But I do have a question for you, and that's the veto. Um, Personally, this is probably not going to be popular. I wish that President Trump had vetoed this. Um, We've been talking about the line-item veto for a long time, Adam. Why don't we have a line-item veto? Don't you think that this would have made a nice little difference in the cost of this uh, law now that we have
5: well, it would have made a big difference. President Trump would have gone line by line and stripped out all this outrageous funding on, on line items that were not related to the coronavirus relief. Uh, and we can go through a laundry list of these things. Um, however, the, you know, just to answer your question specifically, um, you know, I don't have this in front of me on my computer or, or you know, or at my desk, but I believe that Congress passed it in the 1990s. It was reversed by the Supreme court. Um, I, I could be wrong on that, but, um, but there's a real separation of powers issue, and I think that's the sticking point.
4: Wow. Go ahead, got David. It. Got it.
5: So, so let's Andy, go through some of the other line items. Like everyone's heard of the uh, Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. that got tens of millions out of this bill. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Pelosi want, had earmarked $35 million Jeez. for this center. Uh, the Republican Senate bill uh, gave them $25 million. And it gets worse, guys. During the past 10 years, our auditors quantified how much federal grant-making went into that center. It was $70 million. So the Senate Republicans give them $25 million for coronavirus relief. Over a 10-year period, they'd they'd received $70 million in grants. And here's the thing. They don't need the money. We looked at their IRS 990 informational returns, and the Kennedy Center has total assets of a half billion dollars, $560 million, they don't need our money.
3: Wow. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Adam Angieski, founder of Open the Books, former um, 2010 gubernatorial candidate. Uh, Adam, you know, know, as a former state legislator here in Illinois, I, I look at how this process of how they go about, you know, coming up with these things, especially in a time of crises. You know, and, and I think so many people think that a lot of these things are needed. One of the things that stuck out to me was the 400 million to the Federal Election Assistance Commission to assist the states with election security grants. What, what, what does that have to do with the coronavirus that's happening right now? And, and, you, and you talk a lot about this, Adam, in, in a lot of what you do to expose governments and what they're doing. It's, it's, it's almost a fraud on the people, Correct.
5: Well, look, um, the Republicans scaled it back to $400 million. Pelosi wanted $4 billion, and she was using the coronavirus oh. stimulus bill to basically uh, push through, quote-unquote, a lot of her election reforms and then fund it to the tune of $4 billion. Wow. So that, you know, on a compromise, the Senate Republicans give them $400 million. Look, I think it's outrageous.
3: Wow. What is this? What I mean, with, with the Fed's... And how they're chipping in $4 trillion. I mean, what what, what is America going to look like in the next 10 years, Adam?
5: So we're going to be saddled with a lot of generational debt. I mean, we, uh, our organization at OpenTheBooks.com, we had taken the president to task on signing three budgets over the last three years, adding $4.6 trillion to the national debt. It was stunning. I think we Don't got mind. the president 's attention. He actually cited our organization by
3: name I remember
5: uh, in the president 's budget to Congress and gave us a full half page in the budget, um, citing our work, bullet pointing our findings, and actually linking hyperlinking to our website from the president's budget on one of our oversight reports. Wow, uh, I was told by the White House that our work was uh, had inspired them for the first time in our nation's history to put a chapter in the president's budget to Congress wow. on quote eliminating wasteful government spending. So wow. we're very very proud of that. Uh, you know that our work is leading to uh, uh, su- such substantial uh, substantial moment. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, with this coronavirus relief bill, trillions upon trillions wow. of dollars overnight are being added to the national debt. Wow. And look. Cool. Um,
3: you know, yeah, at this moment seconds, I Adam. think
5: there's a lot of fear yeah. amongst people. Yeah. And three point three million jobless claims. Government needs to step up, but they need to have targeted reforms.
3: Yeah. You know Adam, thanks so much. Um yeah, open the books, Is it dot com or dot org? Open the books. Open, open the, book. the books. Open Visit the website. Adam, thanks so much for joining Black and Right. I gotta have you in studio. And we gotta do I want you to come in and do a whole show on the the, the state of Illinois. Thanks so much for joining Black and Right. We'll be right back.
0: It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
1: Mr. President, when you say it wants the cure uh, uh, to be worse um, uh, than, than, than the problem itself,
2: so are you saying that if we kept these measures that we're doing now in place... For a couple of months, to well, they will months. be in place. Uh, at some point, we're going to open up our country, and it's going to be fairly soon—weeks or months. Uh, you seem—I'm not looking. I'm countries. not looking at months. I can tell you right now, we're going to be opening up our country, and uh, we're going to be watching certain areas, and we're going to be practicing everything that, uh, that Deborah's referring to right here. I mean, we're going to be watching this very closely, but uh, you can't keep it closed for the next—you uh, know—for f- years. Okay, this is going away We're we're going to win the battle. But we also have, uh, you know, you have tremendous responsibility. We have jobs. We have uh, people get tremendous anxiety and depression. And uh, you have suicides over things like this. When you have terrible economies, you have death, uh, probably. And I mean, definitely would be in far greater numbers than the numbers that we're talking about with regard to the virus.
3: Wow. David, is it time to open up? Back yes, to, is it time to open America?
4: I, I believe it is. I, I believe it is. Um, and, and the belligerence of the reporters—I don't—I don't like their posture whenever they're addressing President Trump, and especially now, he's being a leader. He's trying to be positive. Yeah. He is positive, but the reporters—they're acting like optimism
3: is against the law. Yeah, you know, it's just—it's just not right. There used to be a time when 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 they would want our leaders to cast a positive vision so that people are not living in fear and and I think when you look at and, and, no no look, let's let's go back let's take this back i think people it, it, it sounds harsh when when you say these type of things oh you just don't care about people no i do well, i really care about yeah. people but I, I i think at the i mean <laughs> It's 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 a double edged sword. No matter what you do, you I mean, he's either you know, I can't I don't know if I can say the word, but if he D if he does and D if he doesn't, you know. No matter That's what right. decision he makes, he's gonna be, you know, uh, ostracized, so he's gonna be pushed out, he's gonna be oh, he's a stupid leader. But, you know, I I, I thought Doctor Burks had a very good statement that she made.
6: Either we're only measuring the tip of the iceberg of the symptomatic cases and underneath it are a a large group of people, so we're working very hard to get that antibody test because that's a good way to figure out who are all these people under here and do they exist. Or we have the transmission completely wrong. So these are the things we're looking at because the predictions of the models don't match the reality on the ground in either China, South Korea, or Italy. Um, We are about five times the size of Italy. So... If we were Italy and you did all those divisions, Italy should have close to 400,000 deaths. They're not close to achieving that. So these are the kinds of things we're trying to understand. Models are models. We're adapting now to the reality. There's enough data now of the real experience with the coronavirus on the ground to really make these predictions much more sound. So when people start talking about 20% of a population getting infected, it's very scary. But we don't have data that matches that based on the experience.
3: David, aren't they telling us to listen to the scientists?
4: Right. Well, usually that's, that's what they tell us. Correct. And which, what what she just stated their tone now.
3: Yeah. And what she just stated was somebody who's there seeing the data and coming up with solutions to what we're, what we're dealing with, with coronavirus. Listen, I think president Trump said it best. Look, we can't just shut down the whole of America. Let's figure out where the hot spot's at. Let's figure out a way to contain that. You know, I mean, personally, <laughs> I heard that somebody says that this is a prop, this is, this is Chinese propaganda. But I think, I think it's been here a lot longer because I remember back in January, December, January, my entire house had these, these exact same symptoms that they're talking about. Uh, Max Solomon po- posted today and he said, crucify me. Uh, he talked about uh-huh. how, he, how he believed it's been here. You know, I mean, how was that Chinese propaganda? You know, no, it's not. It's just just I mean they lied. They didn't tell us the truth. They covered up everything. They, they, they banned people. They banned the press from coming in to actually um, see what's, what was actually going on in Wuhan. Right? They
4: got, they got caught, and, and they didn't want to be embarrassed. And, and unfortunately, now here, our media, they are wanting to play this with a PC smoothness. You know, well, we can't say anything bad about China. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we can't. Because they tried to cover this thing up. They did not stop their citizens from leaving. And everywhere they went, just about everywhere they went, hotspots are are popping up. But one thing I'd love to say about Dr. Burks, she laid down the truth. Yeah. She did. What we're seeing is not matching the reality on the ground.
5: Yeah.
4: Help me here. You know, this woman is telling... The truth, the way it is, and maybe, John, maybe that's the reason why a lot of networks aren't covering these briefings anymore.
3: Yeah, you know what? Let's you know? Let's, let's 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 continue this conversation on the other side of the break. Hey, uh, while you're at it, hey, go over to um, Black and Right Facebook page, give it a like, give it a share, make a comment. Do you have any questions? Um, you know, w- 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 is this hysteria real? Is, sh- is should we not talk about this? We'll be right back. You're listening to Black and Right on AM 560 the answer.
0: And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer.
3: Welcome back. Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joining me by in Pittsburgh, I should say, uh, my guest co-host today, David Brooks. Um, so, David, um, you're still in that hollowed out um, uh, condo, you said, right? I am. <laughs> you having fun? Yes, I am. I am having fun. I, mean, I love your
4: bumper music by the way. Michael Jackson, Eminem, Spinners.
3: Yeah. You should have saw nice. you should have saw Doug in there. Doug I I don't know, something about what Doug is that Michael Jackson cut. He gets going.
1: I'm <laughs> a going. fan. I'm a big fan <laughs> of Michael's music. <laughs> yeah. Not of other things. But of,
6: yeah.
3: Yeah. So so, you know, uh I was watching the news, ABC seven news, the other day, and I saw um there was uh, uh I guess a news story about a company out in Joliet um, putting together masks for first responders. You know, I got a surf, I got a oh, soft spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a soft spot for first responders and you know nurses and, and he said um, and I, it was really brief though. And I said to myself, nah, that guy didn't have enough time. Uh, that guy I'm talking about. I hope I'm saying his last name right because I'm I'm a butcher of last names. Uh, Tom McCullough. Tom. Did I, say, hey, it right? you doing, did I say your last name right? Yo,
7: actually, yeah, you get a gold star for putting it out there, right? Thank you. <laughs> there you go.
3: So, t- so, Tom, why don't you talk to the people? What you, I mean, because I thought it was amazing. And the ma- I-, I want one, by the way. Um, I would love to get, you know, black and white on it and all that type of stuff. That would be amazing if you guys can make me one of those masks. Uh, but talk to <laughs> our people about what it is that you guys were doing, because you teamed up with um, J.J. Seek, right?
7: I did, yes. Uh, so I was on Facebook and I'm in a bunch of uh, maker groups because I do a lot of 3D printing. And I, I saw that there was a gentleman who had a uh, 3D mask shield, a 3D printed mask shield that goes in front of N95s and a uh, surgical masks That helps stop the splash from getting on the mask and actually saturating it. And it stops and it, it, it increases the life by up to 300 percent on the mask. So, that, wow. you know, there's no bodily fluids that can get through the mask
3: because it can be so wiped down I, is it is it because no, it, can it
7: can be, can wipe be wiped down sanitized it can be you know they can put a they can put different lysol and other things onto it as well uh so after i saw that i contacted marine Broderick, who got me a hold of dr judy mitchell who's in charge of uh, jj who's the president uh, of jjc yes and they jumped awesome on it person. with both feet yeah. yeah they jumped on it with both feet they started production they had people inside of their 3d maker lab
5: yeah
7: uh and then eric allen is actually one of the co-hosts on Uh, on Target Radio, you know, he started laser cutting these. So as of today, we've had over 2,000 of these masks go out to almost every hospital in Chicago. I'm getting ready to go up and do a a run now for for Mercy Chicago and Lori's Children Hospital as well. It's wow. been uh, it's been quite the outreach, and they're very very happy that they're getting these. And uh, since we have such a shortage of PPE, we're you know enabling the hospitals to extend the life of their you know N95 masks significantly.
3: Right now now are you are you looking to try to probably pivot this to to police? Because I'm sure that would be that's something that I I, I think especially when you, I mean I've been a cop and you're dealing with somebody with all type of bodily you know fluids, you know throwing in, I've had spit, I've had urine, I've had poop, all that thrown at me as a cop yeah so
7: we've um yeah we've had it we've we've gotten some over to the cook county uh department of corrections for their uh for their jail that they have over there we've gotten a lot to sheriff's departments and police departments you know packs of 20 and 25. so they are getting out to you know ems workers are getting out to uh fire departments as well and we're doing as much as we can to get as wide of an impact yeah i mean the police officers are on the front line they get spit on they get you know all sorts of terrible things and you know, they might only get one a month of those masks because they're so heavily rationed right now. Yeah. Dave, you so got any anything questions? Anything you do to help?
4: Yeah, Tom, I was just wondering, what what are the masks made out of? What what's the material?
7: Uh, so it's made out of PETG. Uh, it's a very long chemical name, <laughs> you know, but it's uh, it's a 3D printed material. It's uh, PETG, and then uh, Eric Allen is using uh, polypropylene, which is uh, BPA free. And it's uh, non-toxic and you're able to spray these off with different sanitizing agents to make sure that they can use them for quite a while before you know if they break
4: or something like that uh that was my next question are they flexible it sounds like no flexible yeah it's, yeah oh, no, it's very flexible
7: yes so there's okay, uh, so there's a fixment that can go on the side you have to put a rubber band on it because we don't have the enough elastic straps to go around but yeah it's very flexible and it's reusable oh, nice. for so, months. So,
3: so, Tom, can I mean, are, do you guys need help? Is there is there is is, are you, is your business doing this, or is it um, you no, guys? Need- so,
7: uh, so, we have a we have a group of volunteers that are that are you know three D printing these at home along with JJC. Uh, we're going out of pocket for the materials, so I, I'm, I'm going to put up a GoFundMe on my uh, one Facebook page here in a little share bit. T- to Try to help to attach, recover some of that.
3: Yeah, attach my name because I, I I definitely share that because I think that's a, a something that's good. See, I, what what I, what I want this show to be about is not not just you know confronting what's going on out there, but also be a, a place of hope to show that people are out there doing things. Um, just to make sure that other people are taken care of. So, and and Tom, you know, I got to have you back on. Most most of you might not know this, but Tom is also a, a, a state Senate candidate. I gotta have you on because I have yet to have you on, and I know you hit me on the side of my head last time I saw you, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have you back on as a candidate too because I think you have a very interesting story, uh, a story that um, I like to put out there to the public when it comes to black and white. So please share that. Um, share your Facebook page or where you're going to be putting this stuff up for the um, GoFundMe.
7: Yeah, so I'm going to be putting it on my uh, my, my Senate web my, my Senate Facebook page. It's going to be uh, Facebook.com forward slash McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-A-G-H, the number four, and then Senate, S E N A T E. I should have that GoFundMe link up here in a few minutes. Okay. Uh, we had it at 1500 but we're trying to source another machine, yeah. and they're about $5,000. If we get another machine, we can uh, double the production up to almost $2,000 a day. Oh, that's amazing. And we can start shipping them out. We've got a few out to Virginia already, so if we can start upping the production, we can start helping people across the country now with this.
3: Tom, you're a good man, and awesome. and I really appreciate you calling in to Black and Right. Uh, again, I'm going to I'm gonna reach out to you as the season gets going for politics. So, Tom McCullough, thanks so much for joining us on Black and Right, buddy.
7: Thanks, John. You guys have a
3: great day. Uh, hey, Verlon, I see you holding on. You know, you, you're you long-winded, so I wanted to give you some minutes to talk, Verlon. <laughs> <laughs> so, Verlon, Verlon we'll, we'll take Verlon's call when we be, we get back. But you're listening to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, joined with my guest co-host in Philly. No, in Pennsylvania, David Brooks. We'll be right back.
0: This is Black and White right with John Anthony on AM560, the answer.
6: Get up, get on up, get up, get on
3: up. Let that play for a while. people. Get up and dance. Shake out this, this this coronavirus. Get up and dance. Watch yourself. No. Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560. I'm your host, John Anthony. I'm going to have some fun. I'm not going to let this take me out and, and live there in a life go. of gloom and doom. I'm not going to do it. I want you to get up there. I want you to have fun. You know, I mean, what this has been great for me and my family. We've done a lot of Bible study and all type of stuff uh, with, with the, my kids being home. But... I, I better be quiet because Verlon's going to need 12 minutes to talk. Hey, Verlon from the South Side, what's up, bud? Well, <laughs> listen, I, I, I could go so
1: many ways with this, but this is the classic never let a crisis go away. Amen. Okay, un, under Obama, 60 million Americans was affected, 271,000 was hospitalized, and almost 14,000 people died. The media did not play this up, okay? These Democrat governors got together, well, they might not have gotten together, but they, are doing it. They're wrecking their own economies to hurt this president's economy. The president's back is up against the wall yeah. and they know they can get whatever they want out of this president. If he says anything against this, he will be vilified. So now they got all the money they're demanding money. They, they are uh, destroyed their economy and now they're demanding money and they're going to get it. And did you know there's going to be another bill that they're going to roll out to bail out the state of their mismanagement for all of these years? Uh-oh. It's nothing but the money.
5: It's nothing but the money
3: grab. And and I, it's atrocious, but what is the president supposed to do? Yeah, he's he's caught in the catch-22. I mean, if he if he if he slams it, if he says no, I'm not doing this to David David Brooks's point who wanted him to veto uh the care act, uh, I mean, he would have been vilified if he had done that uh when people are are losing their, their losing their minds and losing everything, you know? No no nobody can yeah. go work. The state's have shut down basically in my opinion, with, with no authority to do so, the way they're doing it. Um, I mean, David?
4: Yeah, Nancy, she did say, Nancy Pelosi, she did say that there's going to be another bill. That's concerning. That's very concerning. And Verlon, you're right. You're right. Um, the media has done a 180. They were very calm when they were talking about the numbers of the H1N1, the swine flu. Very calm. Yeah. Oh, it's no big deal. We'll get through this. We'll get through this. Yeah. Boy, I'm telling you, we're barely hitting a blip here, and, and don't get me wrong. Now, that, please, especially y'all on the left, and I know some of y'all are listening. Don't think that we don't care. We care. We yeah. care just about. We care about it just as much as anybody else. But we're optimistic. We're America. We're going to get through this. We, we, we will
3: get through this. That's it. That's it. Hey, Vilon, thanks so much for calling us, buddy. All right, thanks for you know, my call. Hey, hey, you know what? Uh, I, we, we got a minute and ten minute, t- ten seconds to play this. Uh, can you play the um, the, the CNN H one N one for me, Doug? I want I want to play about forty seconds. I want you to hear the nonchalant attitude they had about in two thousand and nine. Go. New estimates of swine flu are
6: out and they show a big jump in the number of people infected and those who have actually died of the disease. Joining us now with some of those new numbers, CNN medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen. So Elizabeth um, yeah, these numbers are different than most
8: people are aware. Oh absolutely, and when I saw the jump in the number of deaths, I was really stunned. You take a look at this. As of mid-October this is how many people had died of swine flu. We're talking about 3,900 deaths from April to mid-October. But then when you go April to mid-November, so one month more, it jumps to 9,820. So it more than doubled in just that one month. Well, yeah, that's a huge jump. Do we expect to see these fatality numbers um, to grow at the same rate? No, we don't expect to see them to grow at the same rate, and I'll tell you why. Since Yeah. We'll discuss that. At the end of November, yeah, the number
3: See of how nonchalant of- they were in that and, and how they discussed it and what they forget what they didn't mention Maybe. if we had more time there were a thousand kids who had died from, in that same time period a mm-hmm. thousand kids who had died hey coming up next in the next hour we speak to a good friend of mine Robert from the Shrimp Barn in Manuka you're listening to Black and Right with John Anthony we'll be right back
0: to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of
3: Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Uh, I want to thank David Brooks. You know, David, that was a yeoman's job. Uh, you know, even though you were chilling, relaxing, chillaxing up in Pittsburgh somewhere. Thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. Now I want to introduce my my second hour guest co-host. He was here last year. I mean, last week. You guys know him by Dr. Suggs. Dr. Suggs, welcome back to Black and Right.
9: Hey, hey how are you? You're
3: not in Pittsburgh, are you? <laughs>
9: no i'm out in Tilly park
3: (laughs) (laughs) what do you think of the first hour
9: really really good really good you know you know you you have great topics and so i'm looking forward to the second hour
3: yeah you know and, and 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 i was talking with doug during the break you know sometimes it sounds harsh when you when you when you talk about stuff that nobody really wants to hear uh and doug and i were talking about and and we both have this fear the run on hospitals, what's going to happen with the elderly if everybody who's saying, oh, I got symptoms are, because they're scared because they've been told that they're going to die. So they run straight to the hospital and, and they have, you know, they're asymptomatic or they don't really have, you know, the, the, the symptoms are not broken out. You know, they run straight to the hospital and that's going to inundate hospitals. Right.
9: Yep. Um, the media is causing the issues. And I like what Dr. Burke said the other day about, you know, we're just not we've got to stick to the data. You know, because they're over going beyond and you know what people are really need to know, and they're making up stuff that's just yeah. really not true to scare people.
3: So, so Kevin, um, yeah. this hour, you know, we're going to deal more of of what's who who are the people that are out there being affected by the coronavirus, and what are some of their struggles? What are some? How do we overcome it? How do we? We're going to be talking with uh, my, my our next guest, who uh, actually owns two businesses down in Manuka. Um, one, I was just down there the other night helping him clean up and. And uh, we had a good time. Uh, my good friend, Robert, are you there from the Shrimp Barn and Cavalones? Where are you at, buddy? Hey, how are you guys doing today? How are you feeling? Living a dream, as they <laughs> keep telling me. So, Robert, well, talk to my audience. Because, I mean, you're a business owner. You have two places of business down in Minooka, Illinois, the Shrimp Barn and Cavalones. And that, well, it's Underground, something, right? Isn't that added to the name?
10: Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. So, what's going on? How how is life as a business person during the coronavirus?
10: Well, you know, out here uh, we're not really in the middle of the city of Chicago, so out here it's it's the same, but it isn't as in people are also scared. But out here, they really don't know what to do as business wise. know, I own two restaurants, and of course, we're taking a big hit—a really big hit, of more than sixty percent trying to do our best to help the neighborhood out and the areas uh with all the other businesses and all our neighborhoods and everything like that. But it's really hard because people are going day by day as in what they're listening to on news and they're like, Should I or shouldn't I go out? Should I should I uh, not even touch a bag anymore. Right. You know, so I mean that's affecting everything and we're trying to make everyone a little bit more calmer say, No, we still got our food, we still are doing everything the right way, stuff like that. You just can't come in and sit. We'll bring it to you or you could uh, uh curbs curbside and stuff like that, but yeah, businesses, small businesses like us, or mom and pop places, we've taken a really big hit. And the problem out there is that there's a package out there for residentials and people like that. We're still waiting for a small package deal for uh small businesses because we're just gonna, uh, you know, we're we're the backbone of of of, of America, yeah. small businesses, you know, and that's basically where we're at right now. We're just trying to do our best and keep our head above water. But the problem is. That's very hard to do when you go to work every day and you're just so depressed about everything that's happening on, but you got to put that smile on your face and try to keep everyone else uh, feeling good about that it's just another day and we'll get through it and it's just another day. I mean, look at it. It's already been two weeks. Right. I mean, two weeks just flew by between uh, everything that's happening in this world. And, you know, I think uh, with the press uh, going a little bit overzealous on everything and Scaring other people around. And I know it's a big, big thing out there, but you know, I think everyone needs to take a breath, take a step back, look at the situation, and do their part. Uh, what they they know is right to do, and what they should do.
3: Now, how, how, how much did you say is down? Did you say sixty percent or six percent?
10: Yeah, sixty to seventy percent. I'm <sighs> down in business, and I think most places are. I mean, especially places that have bars. I mean, I mean, when you get a slow January, February, after a slow time after yeah. Christmas, it's the bars that keep the businesses going because people can't go out and spend the amount that they did because they spent it all Christmas. But now that you have the bars shut down, and you know, and there's no even no uh, uh, relief from the bar, uh, not from the bars, but from, from the purveyors, uh, the bar, uh, the people that bring the liquor in because they still have to go by the law, as you have to pay everything in 30 days, or you go on the on the list saying that you are delinquent and paying your your liquor bills and i like to know what's going to happen within 30 days and everything like that is the government or the state of illinois going to help with that because i keep calling them they say the state of illinois liquor commission hasn't changed anything yet yeah and i'm like are you kidding me and they and, haven't and reached
3: out to you to say these are the things that we're offering you no one from the state has said hey these this is what we want to help you with we know that we shut you down you know uh, which i don't think they have the authority to do it and they haven't reached out to you to say, Well, this is what you can this is how we can help you?
10: No, no. Matter of fact, I made all my phone calls last week and everyone was like, Okay, it's only been a week, everything's going good, but then this week, I mean my phone call, then they start calling me asking for money. I'm like, wait a minute, we just had this conversation a week wow. ago. And we could go, you guys said, Don't worry about it, you're good for thirty days. And now you're saying because you see the future is not gonna be two weeks, not gonna be done by April first. Yeah. Now they're looking at me, and now they're scrambling to try to get their money. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I can't pay you right. if I don't have people coming in. And they're like, well, we don't care. Well, we find our money. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to happen right now.
3: Right. Well, if you just joined us, I'm talking to a good friend of mine, Robert. Uh, he owns two, two establishments down in uh, Manuka, Illinois. Uh, people are like, where is Uh It's just south of 80.
10: <laughs> uh, yeah, 80 is 80 55.
3: Yeah, it's just south of there. Uh, and, and Kevin, you got any questions? Yeah, you know,
9: like really quickly, um, Robert. uh, Appreciate what you're doing, and you know, I just wanted to ask, you know, because a lot of people don't get the the full understanding of how important, you know, the economic relief bills—at least that's what I'm calling um, it—is how much longer do you think that, at at the present rate, that as a small business owner, that you can sustain uh, before you get into this, you know, situation of potentially getting closed down or, or going out of business.
10: Yeah, you know, I, I try to play it day by day. I mean, the weekdays are killing all of us, especially me. The weekends, Friday and Thursdays give, give you a little bit extra hope because people are coming out a little bit more. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the hard question to answer because two weeks, three weeks, I, I mean, if they're going to stop delivering all my food and my liquor or just the food essentially to my restaurant just to keep selling food, uh, out of the door. As they say now, um, it's hard because you're not turning in the volume that you normally do right now. Like I said, I think we're just doing twenty percent of what we used to wow. do, and you know, and that's not going to cover your bills, electricity. I can't pay my uh, bills right now, as in electricity, gas, rent, uh, water. I mean, all that. I have to put that all on the side right now because I have to take care of the providers or the providers that are asking for their money right now.
3: Right, and then and then you got to you have people that you are. Uh, that work for you, I mean, and, and you're on a real, and I was talking with with, with your wife the other day, you're on a real um, um, skeleton crew right now, and that, that makes it even worse, That especially if you get, like, a couple of orders all at once, and then you're working with the skeleton crew. I don't really think they thought this through in, 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 in with wh- the effect of, of small business. What are your thoughts, Robert?
10: Well, I think that when you have a nice, good crew, which you'd have been here for a long time, they understand, because basically, it doesn't matter if you're making money or not right now, because you can't spend it anyway, except just on essentials. But you right. know, most of uh, most of my crew are all young. Thank God for that. Uh, you know, so they're they're at, they're not living paycheck to paycheck because most of them are from home with their parents and stuff like that. But them too, they step up to the plate and they understand. But I have to cut my crew like on weekdays. It's just me. Right. I mean, if I get a little bind and I make a phone call, if they're available, they're available. If they're not, they're not. Right. So I—that's another way of just taking it one day at a time. There's no other way to do it, you know. Right. I
3: mean, there's no way. Right. I, I, I should—I should note that I'm not getting any money from Robert for doing this. <laughs> Robert is a good <laughs> friend of mine, and uh, he and I, when I was there helping him the other night, I just—you can feel the angst. You can feel just how tough it is, especially—especially uh, especially at Cavalons, um but where can people oh, yeah. find it? Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have a website for either one of them? Can people find Where can um, people that are in the area uh, that want to yeah, deliver to them?
10: Uh, uh, yeah, we got a couple websites b a r n dot com or Cavallones, Italian style. You know, uh, you go on there. And we're starting to put something together today where you could take a pizza home and make it yourself now. Make uh-huh. your own pizzas at home. Trying to make it a little bit more fun. That my wife came up with a great idea. <laughs> And and we're we're putting packages like that together. We're trying to come up with every yeah. simple, or every easy idea to make it simpler for the person that is just going to go out there and spend their hard-earned money, yeah. and that's what it is now. And uh, to help them out, to, to do our best and our part. Listen, I wish I could do more. I wish I right. could do more, but I'm a small business. Hey. I I, mean, I wish I could feed the entire community. Hey, hey but, Robert,
3: Robert, know. Robert. Just don't Got send that home, honey stung chicken home. If you ever go to the strip barn, go try that honey stung chicken. Uh, it, oh, yeah. you, you'll thank me later. Hey, Robert, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate no, thank it. Thank you. Uh, we'll make sure this gets on. Uh, you're the best. Um, I may stop in and get some honey stung chicken for the family tonight. All right? Thank you so much. And I'm going to pay right, for thank it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you listen well, to the thank Black you and White.
10: guys. Like I always say, keep the faith. We'll be right
3: back.
0: This is Black and Right. With John Anthony, on AM560, The Answer.
3: Welcome back to Black and Right. I'm your host, John Anthony. Alongside my guest, well, I, I guess I can't say alongside. See that? See how you get used to saying stuff? <laughs> um, uh, h- how do we say this? Um, I guess he's at home. <laughs> Dr. Kevin am at home. I'm at home watching you. <laughs> oh, 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 Doug. Well, they're watching us. <laughs> they're watching you. They're watching me. Okay, I'm behind the curtain. Okay, so so as as I told you, the theme of the of the second hour of the show, I wanted to be more about the people, the people that are out there, the people that are 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 living through this uh, coronavirus and the decisions that have the tough decisions that have to be made. Uh, I mean, even by our leaders, you know, it's tough to make these type of decisions mm-hmm. as a leader you know i right. it's it's really tough to make because because a lot of them have you know consequences that 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 impact you just heard robert from shrimp bar you heard you heard what he said 60 to 70% he's lost
9: that's big that's huge
3: but my 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 our, our next guest is actually a, a good friend of mine i've known him for a, a long time um but his but but the lana hope how i should say is the president of bags of hope uh, lana was a nail te- technician and then a stay at home mom lana was raised to believe it is always better to give than receive and prides herself in helping anyone she can. Lana is married with two daughters, one set to graduate college, oh my God, the other in high school. And the other guy that's gonna be joining us is uh he's a he's a he's a nerd. Uh <laughs> he's gonna beat me for saying that. Doctor DJ Scogsberg, executive director and board treasurer for Bags of Hope. DJ has served students in Illinois for over twenty years, as a middle school teacher, principal, and superintendent of schools. DJ is also an adjunct instructor at Aurora University in a master's program for educational leadership as well as curriculum and instruction. He lives with his wife, who's an awesome lady, and three school aged children in Plainfield. DJ, Lana, welcome to, back. welcome to Black and Right.
1: John, thanks for having us.
3: I thought you were going to be up. Yes, John,
8: thanks for
1: having us. Hey. I'm glad you were able to, to, to fix the pronunciation of Lana's name. John, John, oh,
5: I did. That was- Don, don't beat
3: me up! Come on now, I, hey, I'm a oh, no. butcher of last names. I'll
5: get you. I'll get you. No, Don, you
3: know what? It means a lot to us for
1: you to have us on. Uh, we really do appreciate it.
3: I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys in on a little secret. I wear glasses, and I don't have any. I wear bifocals, so. I, I gotta read, and, and 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 you know the print on this was like really small. Thank you, DJ. Uh, <laughs> Bless your heart. But what exactly, <laughs> Lana? No, yeah, <laughs> Lana. What exactly is Bags of Hope, and what inspired you to form this organization?
8: Okay, so Bags of Hope is a non nonprofit, five hundred one c three backpack program that we currently are feeding about one hundred and fifty um, children in twenty seven different schools. And what we do is we provide the backpacks full of food for these kids. It's all non-perishable. However, during Thanksgiving and Christmas, they get um, a full Thanksgiving meal, turkey and everything. And at Christmas, they get a Christmas breakfast box um, full of anything you can imagine that you would want to wake up to for Christmas morning. Um, eggs, bacon, sausage, milk, orange juice, cinnamon rolls, whatever you can imagine for breakfast on a Christmas morning. Wow. Wow. Um, so, yeah, but they get the backpack during the week so that they can come to school Monday with full tummies, ready to learn, because it's been proven that kids that are hungry, can't concentrate and focus and they can't, their test scores are low and they just aren't ready to learn. So we need to make sure these kids are fed.
3: Yeah.
9: DJ. I have a quick, I have a quick question. What uh, what are the parameters uh you know, cause when you have a lot of these programs Uh, You know, some people want to know what does it take or what what do they have to be? I know it says marginalized families, things like that, but could you be a little bit more specific on what uh, these children, how they qualify to be a part of your program?
1: Yeah, and and Kevin, that's a great, great question. So we partner with um, generally our main contact person in each of the schools that we serve is the school social worker. Occasionally it'll be the building principal or one of the other administrators, but Um, We maintain complete and strict confidence. So we don't even know the names of the kids that we serve. Um, We want to make sure that the families are comfortable in being able to receive um, the food that we do provide. So it's because of that partnership with the school staff Uh, that we were able to go ahead and and get out 150 bags a a week Um, and so we actually just had a family um, that called us um, two days ago when we were finalizing our delivery for this week before we go on spring break next week um, for our organization and it was a last minute call and it was a family with five kids and we said okay fine not a problem we'll deliver them Um, and so this past week because of of the uh, COVID-19 situation um, we actually had uh, volunteers that were driving directly to the homes. Normally, we drop off bags at the schools, and the kids get their bags the last day of school for the week, usually a Thursday or Friday. Um, but this week, uh, like I said, we had an, um, enough volunteers. We were able to, to deliver them door to door, leave them on the doorstep, ring a bell, and wish them well.
3: Oh wow! So so, w- w- what can folks do to help you guys? Well, I mean, is 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 it a website? How are people yeah. going to reach out and help? Uh, surrounding people from the area, can they help as well? And how do they go yeah. about doing uh, that?
1: Yeah, and, and so, John, we do have, uh, if you go to um, www.boh2016.org, our uh, website um, has a map on there with a variety of different locations where deliveries um, or donations can be delivered. Um, there is um, um, you know, a variety of locations in Lockport, um, and in in uh, Plainfield, Joliet area. Um, in addition to that, if you go to the website, you know it, the, the great thing with our organization is that we don't have any employees. We're completely volunteer run, and the only money we put out for our is, is for administrative costs and you you know with the uh, state or federal filings, um, website, whatever. Um, but otherwise, every cent goes directly to uh, providing food for the kids that we serve. Um, you, you can donate through PayPal, or Network for Good. Um, and also, you know, if you're, any of your listeners um, uh, shop through Amazon, if they log in through smile.amazon.com, they can actually choose our organization as one to go ahead and pinpoint for additional donations from Amazon. And that helps as well. But, um, you know, any of your, your listeners, if they wanted to reach out to us, our phone number and our email address are on the website as well. Um, but, you know, I would be remiss if, if we didn't thank, you know, huge organizations like United Way of Will County and United Way of Metro Chicago, um, Trey Durden of uh, Best Comfort Heating and Air Conditioning, Exelon, ExxonMobil, um, you know, the superintendents from the, the districts, Lane Abril and District 202, and Donna Gray and Calvin Grove. I mean, there are so many organizations yeah. that help us. And, and I, I think your comment as you came back from break was really poignant. It, it really does take an entire community, and we couldn't do what we do to help kids be ready to learn if we didn't have these additional partnerships. Yeah.
3: If, you, if you're just joining us, we're talking to the president of Back for Hope, Lana Howe, and the executive director, Dr. D.J. Skogsberg. So the motto of your organization is to feed tomorrow's mind today. What does that mean?
1: Well, you know, John, I think it, it's really key, and, and Lana alluded to this, it's it's really key for folks to understand um, there's a, a kind of a mantra in education. You can't get to Gardner if you don't take care of Maslow and kids that, you know, have, um, uh, I just had a Maslow with, with drop safety, on the show with safety, with shelter, with food aren't going to be in a position to learn. So one of the things that we try to do is to make sure that the kids do have foods so that they are ready to learn. And it's a scary statistic, but you know, when you think about kids that live in, in food insecure homes, you know, one in three, um, what is that? What is, a, what is so a food insecure with, home?
3: What is a food insecure home? You know, a food
1: insecure home is is one in which a child doesn't necessarily know where their next meal is coming from. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about what we call peekaboo sandwiches where, you know, kids may only have bread, but nothing to fill the bread with. And so they go to school and just pretend like they're chomping on a big old bologna and cheese sandwich. And in fact, it's just two slices of bread with nothing in between. Doug, you know about um, that, and, right? What, uh, yeah yeah, yeah sorry i was on the um,
3: phone I, mean, I didn't hear what you said he's talking about food insecure homes where kids coming in uh, and, and to schools and all they have is bread and making it appear like they got a sandwich but it's only bread oh yeah yeah, yeah that's
1: uh
0: that's
3: yeah.
1: that's more often than uh you even imagine yeah wow yeah I, you know and the scary thing is statistically 16 million american children 51 million worldwide struggle with hunger on a on a daily basis and you know about sixty percent of teachers say that kids in their classrooms are coming to school hungry uh, so you know the, the the stats are there it's It's very scary for kids, and when they come to school with a full tummy, they don't have to worry about that next meal wow. um, you know they're 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 ready uh to learn and can learn and you know the 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 retention rate for kids the failure rate for kids in schools is just astonishing for those that are going hungry. Oh, wow um hey but, dr Scott, dr, Skosberg, this-
3: dr. Skosberg, can you give out yeah. the, the, the the website again uh you got 20 seconds yeah. um give out the website
1: sure. w- and- w- www.boh2016.org um you can also reach us at bagsofhope2016 at gmail.com
8: and our uh, phone
3: number
1: is 815-293-7405
3: all right let's get out and help thank you guys so much lana and dr scosberg for joining black and right today um I'll make sure that I put the link up on on Black and Right and on my own personal too. So thanks so much. Really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Kevin. That's Yeoman's work right there, buddy. You listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back.
0: Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer.
3: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM 560 The Answer with your host, John Anthony, alongside my co-host, Kevin, Dr. Kevin Suggs. I think that's a perfect intro song for our next guest. What do you think, Kevin? It works. It's soft. (laughs) It's smooth. You know, and, and, and as to your point, I think it works. I mean, we've been handling some some tough stuff, Kevin, wouldn't you say?
9: Yeah, you know, the people need to hear this, and this is this gives a message of hope as opposed to doom and gloom that some of our state officials have been, you know, putting out there lately.
3: And and it's so much control of about how, what we can, what what type of conversations we can have, and I think we have to have the tough conversations. We have to yeah, be able people to people just question. want the truth. Correct.
9: Yeah, people just want the truth, and, and, you know, you can gauge from there, and then, you know, offer, it's like my boss always say, you know, bring me a problem, bring me a solution. Exactly you know, a positive solution, yeah you there know you
3: go. and that's why I wanted our next guest to come on um, she's a good friend of 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 of, of my buddy uh, Jennifer Mahachko. she's uh she's all about a, a holistic counseling practice she incorporates cutting edge treatment approaches to heal mind, body, and spirit. She does individual counseling for adults and adolescents specializing in the treatment of adjustment issues, life transitions, depression, anxiety, medical issues, women issues, substance abuse, addiction grief and loss, loss, and different type of trauma. Jen, welcome, Jennifer Ashfield, I should say, welcome to Black and Right. Hi, John. Thanks so, for having me. Let's, I, I really want to have a great conversation about how do we deal with the psychological and the physiological aspects of dealing with what's happening with this coronavirus. Let's start with the, the, the psychological aspect of it. Um, what are some tips, tools that people should, because you heard what, uh, I don't know if you were listening to the shrimp barn and he says, you know, he, it's hard to keep a smile on his face. He has to come into his business knowing that he's coming into something where he's going to, he's going to, you know, not be really making any money and it's it's tough. It's, it's, he has to fight back depression. What tools can somebody use during this time?
11: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, that's kind of what I'm talking with a lot of people about this week, especially is about just how to help themselves to regulate their nervous systems, because we really do need to stay on an even keel, even in spite of what's happening in the world around us. We may not be able to control those things, but we can have some control over how we take care of ourselves and not just our bodies, but our minds and our spirits. So ultimately when we are, um, doing some regulation tools and skills, we're going to feel a whole lot better about the things that are going on around us. And so one of the things that I encourage people to do is either turn the news off or just limit, you know, to once a day, just a headline or two. So you kind of know what's going on, but don't immerse yourself in anything that you don't have to, that could be potentially stressful. And then instead turn more inwardly, Mm. do things for yourself, such as yoga, do some deep breathing, go outside, take a walk, get some exercise, move your body. Yeah. Um, what happens in the body, the nervous system is responding right now to most people to this out-of-the-ordinary experience. We're having normal stress responses to things that are happening in the world. And when we have a stress response to any degree degree, we secrete a lot of stress chemicals, such as cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline. And what it does is it prepares us to go into battle or for the threat. Right. And so our, our brain and our nervous system, you know, we're kind of perceiving the world right now in a threatening way sometimes, depending on our stress level. So we want to keep our stress levels low so that we can actually relate to people and situations differently. Um, so we can then co-regulate with other people. So being very intentional and reaching out to somebody every day, that's a really good tip as well. Right. Maybe it's even somebody that you haven't talked to. Um, I've been reaching out to different family and friends. I've been trying to tell myself, all right, every day, you know, get on the phone, get on Zoom, talk to somebody maybe I haven't talked to in a little while. And it really makes a difference. Right. Kevin. So the more that we, oh, go ahead.
9: I have a quick question for you, Jennifer, um, uh-huh. you know, like a lot of people, have been, you know, I've been having discussions, there's like, how much longer can, you know, can people stay sane without, you know, um, you know, dealing with this, you know, with our shelter in place right now, you know, you gave some practical tips, but you know, it's getting to the point where the cure, you know, is being worse than, you know, the actual sickness, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what would you, what would you say to
11: that? Beyond just the practical tips.
9: Okay. Yes.
11: That's what you're asking?
9: Yes, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm.
11: Um, can you rephrase the question? I'm not exactly sure if I'm understanding. Oh, no, no, no problem. No problem. Sorry about that.
3: That's okay, hey, hey, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Hold that question. Um, you hold that question. What we'll do is we'll um, we'll come back after the break for you to pose that question because that sounds like this is going to be a, a real heavy and meaty um, question for um, Jen to answer, and I want to make sure she has all of the time to do it. Okay. You know, so, um, but Jen, um, please hold on. Um, if, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Jennifer Mahachko. Am I saying the name right? Yes. Yeah. I thought so. I'm talking with <laughs> Jennifer Mahachko. Um, she's an amazing person. She's touched and helped so many people recover from just a lot of trauma. Um, she's, she's amazing, amazing, amazing. We're going to talk about more about the, the psychological and physiological, uh, reactions to, Dealing with this coronavirus. You're listening to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm John Anthony. We'll be right back.
0: We now return to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. Here's John Anthony.
3: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony. Joined by... Uh, Dr. Kevin Suggs, who's in his house. Uh, <clears throat> yeah.
9: Um, I'm in the house. I'm
3: in my house. <laughs> we, uh, if you're just joining us, we were uh, before the uh, break, we were talking with Jennifer Mahachko. Um, Jennifer is a licensed clinical professional counselor and a certified alcohol and drug counselor. But she's going to, after Kevin asks his question, you're going to have to explain this one to me, though, Jennifer. Somatic experiencing okay. practitioner? You're going to have to explain. I, I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs>
9: so uh, let me redirect my question, Jennifer so uh, you know the, the president has done a good job of trying to calm fears you know take away some anxiety, you know, and so he threw out the date of you know Easter potentially being you know a time frame that we can you know come from our shelter in place, but you know how you know if it goes longer than that, you know what do you think the effect of uh being in shelter in place for this amount of time or longer will do
11: yeah that's a really good question. Uh, the long-term effect of of stress just depends on the person and maybe some of their history. So we know that people who have had what we call adverse childhood experiences, meaning that they've had more stressful things happen in their life when they were younger, maybe even before the age of five, those folks are going to be the ones that are more affected um, than maybe some people who haven't had as many stressful experiences in their life. So mm-hmm. what happens in the nervous system that you're going to probably start to see long term is people are carrying this high level of stress in mm-hmm. their body and they're they're feeling like they're stuck in this either fight, flight, or freeze mode. They're Ooh, kind of in that good. overwhelm. So what happens in our body, we're responding to an out-of-the-ordinary kind of an experience and people start to feel like they're going crazy. Um, but they're really not. What's happening is their body's getting stuck in what we call like a a sympathetic high arousal state. And so they might be kind of stuck in that fight mode where they're, they're feeling angry all the time or irritable. Um, they might not be able to sleep. They might be on a high alert. Hmm. They might be, you know, really hard to get along with arguing with people, uh, or they might be in a real shutdown state, feeling very depressed. Um, not feeling like they can get things done, Um, anxiety, you know, we're going to see some long-term anxiety type of things developing. And a lot of it is because the stress levels carried in the body. And if people have had to stay in this survival mode most of their life, or if this is a new thing for them and they've been, you know, seemingly managing stress well up to this point, but all of a sudden, because this came kind of out of the blue, I mean, it's been developing over a period of months. but. Our brain does not like it when things happen either too quickly, um, too intensely, or without warning. That's essentially the definition of trauma, those three things. Mm. And so everybody's experienced some wow. degree of trauma because of this, I right? Know I too much. Yeah, and mm. different kinds of trauma. But yeah. um, what we want to do is we want to be able to slow things down. And sometimes the brain responds in kind of a primitive survival way, even though we know logically yeah. as adults what to do, um, the brain doesn't always respond accordingly. Hey, hey Jen, and uh, so and
3: Jen, when you look at how, as, as Americans, how we're built, too, when you look at our system of government and, you know, we, we talk freedom and liberty, and then you see a system of government crashing down on on us to tell us what we can't do. Does that lend to why you see a lot of people rebelling against you see people just going out you know on a 60 degree day you know more than 30 40 people is it what what happens in the mind to something like that
11: Yeah where people reacting to something that feels very intense or abrupt Correct. where they feel like they don't have control yes. they feel out of control so absolutely that's kind of what I was just describing that's yeah. exactly it so our body's either going to Go into a freeze state. That's another state that we could go in that I wasn't even bringing up. But yeah. um, being frozen is also the equivalent of being very shut down, kind of being numb. Mm. Um, and then there's the reactors. You know, that's what you also refer to—the people who are actually going out and reacting right. to these things. And you know, when we have a high levels of stress, we can't think very logically, of course because all of a sudden we lose the prefrontal cortex in the brain that goes offline and we go more into that primitive survival response. Right. So um, going into the somatic experiencing question that John was asking (laughs) about, I'm going to try to tie this in here. So there was a guy named Peter Levine. He's still living. He's probably in his late seventies now, but he wanted to understand why don't animals in the wild become traumatized the way people do. He was really curious and this guy's brilliant. He worked for NASA, psychologist, did all kinds of research. So what he did was he started studying animals and he started recognizing that when animals were perceiving danger or they were under threat from another predator in the wild, they would also do these things. They would either go into the fight mode if they instinctively knew they could take on the predator or they would run away flight. Or they would freeze. They would kind of play possum, play dead. And then the predator would go away and leave them alone. Right. And then as soon as that happened, they would spring up and, and get away. So it's pretty ingenious the way the system works to help these animals survive in the wild. And then after they get away from the danger, when they know the danger is past, what they do instinctively is they actually lay down and they rest. They take a, They take a rest. They might go to sleep. And then the body resets itself. If you've ever seen a bird coming at your window and it smacks the yeah. window and then it falls to the ground i mean it looks like it's dead right but yeah, it's it not does. the bird is actually in that shock state it's in that freeze state if you leave it alone long enough when it realizes the danger has passed it will actually get up and fly away wow and then it will reset and it'll shake it off kind of right. like you see dogs yeah,
3: yeah shake I, off the I, jen jen will be hey you're listening to black and White on am 560 the answer we'll be back with more with jennifer mahachko
0: black and right continues on am 560 once again here's john anthony
3: welcome back to black and right on am 560 the answer i'm your host john anthony joined by dr kevin suggs and uh we were talking with uh jennifer mahachko she's a lcpc cadc and What's the last word? Uh, that's SCP? <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. But I want to give you an opportunity um, to let people know how to reach you uh, because, you know, it's, 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 okay to, it's okay not to be okay. I am from um, Joel Frieders who joined us um, a, couple of week, a couple of months ago um, to talk about, you know, it's okay not to be okay. And sometimes you just need to pick up the phone and talk to somebody. Where can people reach you? Do you have a website, a Facebook page? Where can people say, hey, I need help?
11: Yeah, you can reach me um through my website which is www.jmehochko.com or um it's got my cell phone on there as well but um, my cell number is 630-417-9679 that's my uh work number there. So either of those I also have a Facebook page uh it's Jennifer Mahachko if you just type in the name it'll come up LCPC um, I'm there, so yeah. well, I'm in Yorkville.
3: Yeah. <laughs> That's a far out place. Not too far from me, though. <laughs> yeah, we're I, out in the burbs. I told Chris uh, he and I got to get together for lunch, soon, so we got to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us. You were great. Um, I want to get you back here in studio, though, and where you can actually start taking some calls. So I'm going to do a show uh, just on trauma and how to deal with it coming up uh, probably in May, May-ish sometimes. Would we'll love to have Absolutely. you back here, and um, so that you can start taking calls. And um, I really appreciate you joining the show today. Thank you so much.
11: Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
3: Okay. Thanks, Jennifer.
11: All right. Bye bye. Right,
3: we got two. We got two minutes, but I w- I wanted to take this call from Ed. Ed's been holding from, Ed from Midway. Ed, thank, welcome to Black and Right. What's your question, comment, concern? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead.
9: Yes. Uh, yeah. I wanted to comment that I think the longer that this uh, shelter home goes, uh, I think the more it's going to be a psychological and I think it's going to go into leading to uh suicide and uh, maybe even civil
7: unrest. Yeah.
3: Well, th- that's one of the reasons why I wanted Jennifer go on to, to, to talk to that, you know, um, how to, how to cope, how to deal with this, you know, because uh, I agree with you. Um, President Trump even made that comment too. It's, we got to make sure we're protecting our people, and then people are not trying to check out of here too early yet.
9: Yeah, we sure do. I mean, I, I'm a health coordinator, and we deal with health education at my insurance company, so we're always glad to help out people whenever they need help.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks so much for calling us, Ed. Hey, we got one more call, Brandon. Brandon, calling back. Brandon, you've been how long? you been holding on the line? How oh, about? 15 minutes. You got 45. I'll give you 45. I, I, I'm sorry, man. That that lady, you know she was dropping some knowledge. Um, so what's going on with you, buddy?
5: Oh, not much, man. just wanted to check in. I hear you guys talking about the uh, COVID-19, and we just released a uh, survival guide on freedom movement for anybody for free. Uh, it's a 65-page guide. Four different doctors help us write it. It is up and uh, accessible on our website as well as the South Suburban Gazette News. And, uh, John, you'll get a copy tonight to go ahead and drop on your page. We're going to put you into a ad boost with us. Oh, that's awesome. So we're going to do it through all three pages to make sure
3: people got it. Oh, thank- hey, that's pretty. And they can find that where, Brandon?
5: Uh, right now it's on our Freedom Movement USA website, the South Suburban Gazette News, and then hopefully tonight we'll have it on your page as well, John.
3: All right. Thanks so much for calling us, Brandon. We really appreciate your support, man. Yes, sir. All right. Kevin, that's it, bud.
9: <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it. You did a great, great show today.
3: Yeah, it was kind of weird not seeing you right across from me, though.
9: <laughs> it was different.
3: Yeah. So thanks so much for joining us. And you know what? And I, w- I just want to really quickly talk to the people out there. You know, I am taking this thing seriously. I self-quarantine, me and my entire family, uh, before the government even told me to do that. Uh, I think uh, we do have to take it seriously. We have to make sure that we're not infecting other people. Um, So I I do believe in that, you know, but, you know, I just think the government just can't trample on our rights because they're upset and they're mad. You listen in the black and right where it's okay to be black and right. See you next week.